Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back inside the horseshoe, ladies and gentlemen, for the Monday after Ohio State 43, Maryland 30. A little bit different setting today, gentlemen. It's very, very cold outside on a Monday morning in Columbus, Ohio, as to be expected in late November. So we came inside. Uh, so joining you from the press box of Ohio Stadium, that's the 40-year vet, Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Uh, Tim, not going to spend too much time on Maryland. I don't, you know, a couple days removed. Double, Maryland, my Maryland. Double-digit double win. Uh, didn't really seem like a double-digit win, but uh, on the road at Maryland. And now everybody is fully focused on Michigan, so we're not going to spend too much time uh, belaboring the point on Maryland. Yeah, except, you know, I wrote about this for Letterman Road this week. I mean, you guys have already published the story. I mean, the big question mark going into this game is running back for both of these teams, Ohio State and Michigan. I think Ohio State's in a much better situation because they've got a proven commodity in Dallin Hayden, freshman. Uh, you know, by now he's not a freshman anymore, obviously, as the old saying goes. Uh, meanwhile, there's a question mark about Blake Corum and his availability. But what Dallin Hayden gave this Ohio State offense uh, against Maryland at Maryland at 43-30 win was, as we talked about on Saturday after the game, run to the point of attack, man, and make something happen. And that's something that Travion Henderson was not doing. And uh, Travion Henderson, of course, limped out of that game, came back in for a couple of plays, maybe one or two, and then uh, was gone for good. But Dallin Hayden, in my opinion, is a proven commodity now based on what he's done in several several games this year. And uh, meanwhile, you're, you're, you're still uh, considering what is the status of Blake Corum. He was structurally sound, according to Jim Harbaugh in the post-game press conference. His knee was structurally sound. He was good to go. But in a game in which they were trailing their season on the brink, I think he played one or two plays in the second half and didn't go back in. And that by hook or crook, man, as I called it, a, uh, a death by a thousand outcuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they moved the ball down and, and finally won that game with the last second field goal, nine seconds left field goal. But uh, it, uh, if, if the running game is important in this coming game, uh, I think Ohio State in some respects might be in better shape. See, Andy, I told you we weren't going to spend a lot of time on Maryland. Tim jumped straight to Well, that was Maryland. The... I was taking off what I saw in Maryland and, uh, and uh, whatever, transposing it to what's coming. So uh, as we look back now. Extrapolates the word I was looking for there. As we look back a couple days uh, to, at this game against Maryland, uh, we drove home yesterday. I, To be frank, I didn't get the chance to, to watch the replay. But I looked at the, the advanced numbers. Uh, I look back through my notes. I look through, you know, what we've what we had down at Letterman Row, and I look through the stats. What jumps out at you now, two days removed from that, and only five days until uh, the big showdown here in the Horseshoe? Well, I think all season this Ohio State team has been trying to be tough, right? They want to work back to that toughness level to be able to beat a team like Michigan, and I think we've shown it, or they've shown it over the last couple of weeks. You see, you know. Just Tommy Eichenberg playing with two casts, one on each hand. You have Lathan Ransom breaking his thumb on the first play of the game, then blocking a punt for the second game in a row, Xavier Johnson recovering it. And you've had to play in tough conditions, really. You know, you, you play in 
the wind at Northwestern, it was almost tropical storm-like. Then you play in the snow here at the shoe. And then, you know, the, the weather wasn't really a factor at Maryland, but still some, some cold weather towards yeah. the end of that game. Yeah. And so the toughness component, you had them practicing in the snow the week leading up to Maryland. I think there's just more of an effort to show, hey, we've been in the weight room, we can play through injury. I mean, both these teams are banged up. Michigan has a bunch of injuries as well, and that's kind of the expectation at this point of the season. So I think one thing to take away from that Maryland game is that, look, this team knows that it has to be tough, and it's showing that it is tough. And, you know, to win a game like that, to win a game in several fashions this year like they've done, I think shows that toughness. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm writing a little piece about that because you heard me ask uh, Zach Harrison as he was walking away after we got to talk to him on Saturday. I go, toughness, that's the word, right? And he said, yeah, basically, yeah. They all they all remember what happened last year. They all remember the basically getting called out by Michigan coaches and even play you know players about not being tough, et cetera. That is stuck with them. It's stuck in their crawl for uh, for twelve months. So now the big uh, the big test is coming. Yeah, and I think one thing that that we haven't done a good job of, not just Letterman Row, but I think just as a as a collective, a body collective, I don't think we have used the term toughness as much in the right context as we should have. Um, it's not just getting a yard on third and one. No, toughness isn't just hey, they know you're running the ball, you need to be able to run. That's a huge part of it because that's the scheme. That's got to do with the attitude and and what happens between those white lines. But toughness is also you know, Maryland comes back and makes it a three-point game, and you've got the toughness to be able to go down, get a score, and make sure that you run enough time off the clock to not give them the ball with a chance to win the game, really, because, you know, 47 seconds was time, but also you kind of had a feeling that something was going to happen on that Ohio State defensive line. The toughness is, you know, showing up and practicing out in the snow when last year you probably practiced a little bit more indoors because it was a little cold outside. You know, we're inside right now. I guess we're not tough, <laughs> you know, but like Ohio State. This wasn't my call. It won't, it won't surprise me to see Ohio State uh, outside practicing again this week because that's what Ryan Day has sent. That's the message Ryan Day sent. Toughness is playing with those, those broken hands, those sprained ankles. I think, you know, Mayan Williams is going to try it his hardest to give it a go this week on a hobbled ankle. Trayvon Henderson, I'd be stunned if he doesn't try to go with a foot injury. You know, this the toughness is not just between the white lines. And I think that's something that we've kind of mistaken this year when we just talk about, oh, they didn't get that yard. This team isn't tough. I, I think this team has shown a lot of toughness this year. No, you can be tough and still get blocked. You know what I mean? You can be tough and still give up a play on, uh, you know, give up a sack or something. I mean, toughness is basically when you're looking back on something and trying to come up with excuses or reasons why something happened. The problem with Ohio State at this moment a year ago is it couldn't play defense to save its life. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. You heard uh, Steel Chambers talking about that after, by, by the way, practicing in the snow last week about it was like cloudy. A lot of things were cloudy about this defense, uh, Ohio State defense a year ago, because a lot of times they weren't lined up right. A lot of times they were running over each other to try to get to a play. Uh, uh, discipline in, from the standpoint of gap being gap sound, et cetera, sometimes was lacking. Confusion reigned on that day. It's rare that this defense has been confused this year. They have been snookered because Maryland, you know, I keep reminding everybody, when, you, when you're playing against a pretty good defense, the weakest part of any defense is out here on the edges. Maryland tried to get there, and they got there quite a few times. I mean, that little uh, 
that little corner wrap, you know, the Talia uh, Tungavaloa threw about 55 or 60 yards down the field the other day. Beautiful throw, beautiful catch over the shoulder. That's what you got to do against a defense like Ohio State's. That's what you probably maybe have to do against Michigan's. We'll get more into that as the, as the week goes on about Michigan's defense, et cetera. But uh, uh, so then when you're out of position and things don't look right and a linebacker's running over a linebacker trying to get to a play, you, you, you not only don't look tough, you look confused. You look, you this look this look defense stupid. has rarely looked confused this year. They've given up some plays, but they've rarely looked like they were out of position. And uh, that that's that's part and parcel, man, to it. Because I'll never forget, man, 2006 when Ohio State got beat by Florida. Urban Meyer in the in the BCS championship game. Ohio State's slow, Big Ten's slow. Well, the Big Ten was slow because Ohio State's defense was kind of like standing there, you know, trying to cover all the waterfront uh, that, that Florida was throwing at them uh, from an offensive standpoint with Percy Harvin and all those guys. And you always look slow when you're standing still and a guy's running by you. You know <laughs> what I mean? You always are going to look slow in that. And th same thing last year with this defense, the Ohio State defense, is it looked confused, and when you look confused and you're out of position, and a guy you know blocks you from another from another angle, you look like you've been out toughed. When yeah. in fact you've also been out schemed. That's what's different about this team, in my opinion, as much as anything else. And you weren't here to watch what happened last year in Ann Arbor. I'm sure you did watch, though. I think everyone in, in the college football universe watched. Um, but to see where this team is right now. It seems like they're at a level that they just weren't hitting a year ago. It seems like they're at a level they really weren't even hitting, I don't think, at the beginning of the year. I think they've proven to themselves, above anything, that they're, they're a tough bunch and that they can, they can make plays, they can get things done. They're better defensively. They can, when the going gets tough, they can do things offensively. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I think so. And I think what's really interesting about this game is that, you know, there's so many parallels between Ohio State and Michigan. Even last week, you know, Illinois pushes them to the brink. Maryland makes Ohio State sweat out four quarters. Both teams win. Really, the whole top four had a scare last week. But even with this season, right, the whole storyline is, can Ohio State be tough? Can they run the football effectively? Can they win in the elements? For Michigan, on their side of things, is how effective can that pass offense be when it needs to be? Can J.J. McCarthy now win them a game when he needs to? And last week, I mean, it was more the kicking game that won them anything in the defense. But... You know, that's what's really interesting about this game is that it's been trending toward this moment. How effectively can Ohio State run the football? But also, like Tim was saying, if you're going to attack Ohio State's defense, you know, how well are they going to be able to throw the ball against this Ohio State defense? And the secondary is probably the weak point of this defense right now. They did give up six plays of 20 or more yards through the air to Maryland. And now I think Maryland has better receivers and a better quarterback than Michigan does, just the, the level of talent there. But it's still a storyline this week. Just yeah. as we're focused on can Ohio State run the ball, we're focused on Dallin Hayden and will Mayan Williams play. For the Michigan side of things, can they throw the ball mm -hmm. against Ohio State secondary? And I think that's what their challenge is. Yeah, and not just secondary, but underneath. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, that, like I said, they're, they're a, they, they, this death by a thousand outcuts is my thing. You know, my little line there. I'm trying to be cute with that line, but but they rarely ever throw the ball down the field. And then last week, you know, against against Illinois. Man, they had a play on that fourth down. They decided to go for it, threw the ball deep down the left sideline. That ball was perfectly thrown. Receiver goes up and he goes, he's got two defenders around him, but the ball goes right through his hands. I'm talking yep. about with Michigan. And so that's what Michigan has been fighting all year is for it not to come down 
in my opinion, for it not to come down to their passing game. But their passing game is more like uh, nickel and dime than it is, you know, 50 cent pieces throwing down the field or silver dollars. But uh, uh, that's what's going to be interesting is if Ohio State can make them have to throw the ball, that's the big if. It's, it's almost like, is Ohio State tough enough? Well, is Michigan too tough? Because Michigan wants to bully you and run the ball. Yeah. But if Ohio State's run defense, the way it has all year, shows up and puts on the field a product that stops Michigan's running game in its tracks, Michigan's going to have to prove that it's not just a, a bully ball team. Yeah. We've seen bully ball teams before. You look at the old editions of Georgia when it would run against Alabama. You know, you look at the, the old editions of Notre Dame when it would run against teams that, that like to, to throw the ball. You know, you, you, you almost become too big of a bully, and somebody finally punches you in the mouth, and you don't know how to respond. And so I'm very curious about that from the Michigan side, especially if Blake Corum's not healthy. You know, Donovan Edwards, I don't know how much he is between the tackles as much as he is, you know, almost like a scat back where, you know, you're out of the backfield. Yeah. yeah. So, you, yeah. so you wonder how healthy he is. I, and the I do. freshman, don't confuse their freshman with Dallin Hayden, at least, but the Stokes yeah. kid, at least production-wise. Yeah, C.J. Stokes, Stokes played yeah. a little bit, but they've got issues in that running game. If you're relying on J.J. McCarthy to throw against a Jim Knowles defense that I promise has not shown Michigan everything, that has some tricks up its sleeve, we've heard it all year, Man. I'm not sure if that's a winning proposition for the folks in Ann Arbor. I hope he at the same things out against Maryland because things were getting cut. Yeah, but at the same time, on the other side of that coin, if you're Ohio State, you need to be able to run the ball because you can't rely on C.J. Stroud to throw the ball 50 times. Maybe you can. Honestly, maybe you can. Hey. But – You've got to be able to do some things because Ohio State's in second and long and third and long far too often. This this is my favorite part about covering college football anymore. It's unpredictable. I mean, like you were just talking about back in the day, man, Ohio State jumped in the I formation or whatever, and Archie Griffin ran the ball, and Pete Johnson scored the touchdowns. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was Woody's way of doing things. Uh, and occasionally they would throw the ball three or four or five times a game. Uh, uh, Courtney Green used to said they used to practice ridiculously throwing the ball and they'd get into the games, especially the game, you know, and not throw the ball. So it was crazy. But now with the highest, I mean, modern day, this situation going into this weekend is you do whatever it takes to win this game, get the W. Ohio State going into this game, and we'll talk about it more as the week goes on, is better equipped to have a balanced attack than Michigan is on paper and on video if you watch them on video. They just look better. Uh, at different times, they're capable of both running to a certain extent, but also throwing the ball. Michigan hasn't proven that it's capable in both respects, except on Saturday with the season on the brink against Illinois. Uh, they stepped up and got it done. Yeah, it was with field goals, but they got it done, played the percentages, and uh, kick a field goal with nine seconds left. That's a big deal. Yeah, and so now you just – its I, I hate to simplify it, Tim, but you just kind of roll everything out there. And Andy, this week, like Tim just said, you do whatever you can to win. Ohio State, we're, they're already through the band practice, okay? The band practice is done. It was a lot of fun. Probably Sunday, see Mike Williams playing the snare drum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't look too bad. Sunday night, Ohio State had a lot of fun. There's a lot of traditions this week. Senior tackle, you're going to go through a lot of different things. Another champion's dinner, the last one. You've got Thanksgiving to worry about. At the end of the day, and I hate to make it like this, this is not Thanksgiving week. This is Michigan week. And that sucks for a lot of people involved, especially the players and coaches at Ohio State of Michigan. Hello. Hey, excuse me. Hey, how'd you do with the scramble? Uh, hey, man, <laughs> we're doing a video here. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I, I'm sorry. 
We canceled. Right, we're we are absolutely leaving that in. Tim just got accosted <laughs> about his terrible performance in a golf scramble. Yeah. No, uh, we canceled actually. So, because it's too cold. Yeah. That's why we're inside. See, you, it was your idea to come inside. All right, back to the show. It sucks. It sucks for a lot of people, like I said. Michigan, Ohio State players, coaches, families involved. It's not Thanksgiving week, though. This is Michigan week. You do whatever uh, uh, here. You do whatever the hell it takes to win this game. And that's just the bottom line. Man, guys out in West Ohio, they think different than me. I'm looking forward to that turkey. I love – oh, man, I'm going to be enjoying Thanksgiving on Thursday and Friday. Well, here's the thing. Like you said, there's angst going on in every big-time Buckeye fan's stomach right now. Maybe not a good time to sit down in front of a huge meal. You're exactly right. I mean – Everything's on the line, just like it was a year ago, except even more so now. High State had one loss under its belt going into this game last year. So did Michigan. Yeah, but I'm talking about Ohio State fans. Uh, <laughs> bottom line is they, they know what's going on. Imagine being Ryan Day right now. You've you focused everything on getting back to this moment with a shot and being improved compared to a year ago. Now, you know, you know you're six days away or five days away from stepping up, having your team step up and prove it. Yep. Right, that, that all of it, and just think about the pressure that's there—not just on the players and the coaches, but Ryan Day. I mean, you know, you don't want to. Ryan Day doesn't want to go zero and two against Michigan. I mean, I'm talking about two straight losses against Michigan, especially that's, going to the big house a, next year. In many respects, I talk about this with John U. Bacon, a big-time Michigan historian and stuff. In many respects, this is a referendum game. Uh, has Michigan turned that corner and is now the game back in play? You know, I mean. For the first uh, 20 years of the uh, of the 21st century, it was not. It was Ohio State's domain. But when you went two in a row, it's a big deal. So that's what that's the challenge Ohio State's got in front of it this week. Yeah, I mean, just as you said, Ohio State's going to do whatever it takes to win, and maybe that's CJ Stroud throwing 50 times. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But same thing for Michigan. They're going to do whatever it takes to win. And yeah. I don't know what the health is of Blake Horam. You know, as Tim mentioned, Jim Harbaugh said he's structurally sound, but I'm sure he wouldn't say that he's out. You know, if, if he was. So we're going to see a lot of tactics there with what comes out of the press conferences this week. But also, like, if he isn't healthy, expect J.J. McCarthy to run a lot. Like, yeah. this is a game where you throw everything out there and you show what you haven't showed as much before. And I know he's run before, but maybe they lean on him even more. Ohio State has had a little trouble with defending the quarterback run at times this year. So that's something to look out for. And there's ways to offset deficiencies in your offense by just playing to the strengths of the players that you do have. And J.J.'s legs are definitely a strength for Michigan. And uh, even to the tight end, Luke Schoenmacher. I mean, like, he yeah. he wasn't totally healthy the last couple of weeks, but if he's healthy and ready to go against Ohio State, that's another player to look for because, you know, the tight ends at Maryland gave Ohio State some problems last week. As good as the defense played when it needed to, I mean, C.J. Dupre had that hurdle. He had a touchdown in the back corner of the end zone. They have some size, and size has given – I say a little bit of trouble the last couple of weeks. Remember the tight end from Indiana that mossed Cam Brown in the end zone there? So just something to look out for. They do have some weapons, and while they might not be the strongest at throwing the ball, even if they don't have Blake Corum, they can still move the ball on offense. Absolutely. I mean, this this is the game, the game of the century, too, for a reason, man. They're both undefeated. They're two and three. They will be two and three probably again in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, a, a trip to the Big Ten Championship game is on the line meaning contention for a Big Ten championship is on the line, and then also a spot, a confirmed spot <laughs> in the uh, college football playoff rankings. They're going to let it all hang out. And you know, that's what's funny. Coaches these days, are, whereas Woody and Bo didn't let it all hang out, uh, Ryan Day and even Jim Harbaugh, in their own way, have no problems with it all hang out when everything's on the line. The last time Ryan Day 
put an entire program on, I guess, notice as far as giving a year to get back to a moment to, to correct some wrong that he, that he realized had happened in his program. Ohio State loses to Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl 2019. It spends an entire offseason drilling that game into the brain of every player in the Woody and had to, had to win a lot of games to get back to Clemson. Not that many. Not that many. About half a COVID. season's worth. Yeah, you're COVID. right. You're actually right, Tim. Yeah, uh, no, I know I'm right. So had to win, I think, six games and then got to face Clemson again. <coughs> Ryan Day, this offseason, when, when he faced Clemson there in 2020, they terrorized Clemson. That, that game was a blow. It wasn't even close. Ryan Day put an entire program effort into beating Michigan. Mm-hmm. And and getting back to doing the business the way Urban Meyer did it. There's a reason that his pine house is not Urban Meyer's pine house. It's Urban Meyer's seven and zero pine house. You don't lose to Michigan. Number one rule of having the job. Ryan Day knows that. He's put an entire year into Saturday, and now it's finally here. And uh, you know, I'm really excited. But I think the thing that I'm most excited for with this week is Michigan fans think they're going to lose to Ohio State because they weren't good enough against Illinois. And Ohio State fans think they're going to lose to Michigan because they weren't good enough against Maryland. And that makes it all the better because if both teams would have blown out respective opponents, Indiana and Mar- Illinois and Maryland, excuse me, we would be sitting here and everybody would be confident they were going to win. Now everybody's almost confident they're going to lose. And I love that. I think it's the best way to go into this game. See, I don't, man, I'm, I'm not picking up. I'm not, I mean, I know where you're going. I'm not being a contrarian. I'm not picking that vibe at all because when you – it's. it's 2020 is great to look back on, you know, in your rearview mirror. And it, this past weekend proved to be survival for everybody in the top four. Georgia, 16 to six over Kentucky. Uh, Ohio State, 43 to 30 with their last touchdown coming with nine seconds left on a strip sack. Uh, Michigan having to, you know, you can sit there and go, Michigan had it all the way. Baloney. They're kicking a field goal with nine seconds left within windy conditions. As good as Jake Moody is, that's still a challenge. I mean, it wasn't a chip shot field goal either. I mean, it was, what, 35 or whatever yards. Uh, and then, of course, TCU kicks a field goal on the last play against Baylor when they run onto the field. Fire drill. Exactly. And uh, uh, it was all about getting the W. Just ask Tennessee. Tennessee got killed by South Carolina. Spencer Rattler, you know. Just think if Spencer Rattler was still in Oklahoma, I'm sure all the fans are going that too, you know. Uh, but, but the point is, uh, this was all about survival, and fans, they're going to have their angst. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, based on the way the game went last year in Ann Arbor, Ohio State fans are going to have their angst until they get their satisfaction. The same with this football team. But the other team, as John Cooper used to like to say, practices too. You know what I mean? That's why this has a chance to be a real classic, because it's two contrasting styles going at each other. And they both had their problems. They both, they both had their challenges this year. But both of them struggled against Maryland, both of them. That's the harbinger game if there is one. And, uh, and then the other thing about Ohio State, and I'm just throwing this in there because Ohio State's proven to me from a toughness standpoint, it is up to, it is up to the challenge because several games this year, they've had to win the game in the fourth quarter. And that's when you really judge a team. What does it do in the fourth quarter with the season on the line? And Ohio State has stepped up uh, in several challenges, Notre Dame, uh, Penn State, uh, Northwestern even because of the, the, the weather. And then this past week uh, against uh, at, at Maryland, you had to get it done in the fourth quarter, and this team did that. But so did uh, 
So did Michigan against Illinois. Yeah, it's funny, Andy, because, you know, we've seen Ohio State struggle, get to the fourth quarter with, with, you know, a deficit or in a close game. Michigan really hadn't had to do that at all this year uh, as much as maybe we thought they might because of that schedule. Uh, you know, the three non-conference games were, were bad. Um, and then they kind of ran through the Big Ten schedule pretty easily. They were finally challenged. So I think this is a good thing for both well, yeah, of they, No, they were challenged by Maryland. I, I mean, agree, but that was a hell of a game. I'm just talking about yeah. they were facing a deficit entering the fourth quarter. Okay. With, you know, so it's, it's interesting now. Both of these teams have truly been challenged in the fourth quarter. It's not like one of these teams is going in. You know, 2019, we kind of asked ourselves. Dallas, yeah. We kind of asked ourselves, had Ohio State been challenged yet? <laughs> Right. They didn't really get challenged in Michigan either. But now we know both of these teams have been challenged and they're ready to go. Yeah, playing Maryland is probably the best thing that could have happened to Ohio State going into this Michigan game, not just because of the way the game went, but because of the kind of offense they were facing. I mean, yeah. The Maryland offense was in the top half of the country and, and probably is even better than that number tells because they've had some injuries with Talia Tagaloa and then also just other places on that offense. And they had two dud games leading into this one. So. That offense is a pretty good offense, especially when you compare it to the rest of the Big Ten. So yeah. to face any team for this Ohio State defense, it was a pretty good tune-up for facing Michigan. Now, I know Maryland throws the ball a lot more than Michigan throws the ball. Yeah. But still, just in general, to face that kind of adversity, to have a game on the road, play actually three of the last four on the road, then come back here, it's pretty good preparation for a game like this. And, yeah, I agree. Like, Michigan's had some adversity, too, even though that conference, that non-conference schedule was way easier uh, than Ohio State's. They have played Michigan. Uh, Michigan had played, you know, Maryland, which played them tough. And then, of course, last week against Illinois. I mean, Illinois, I wish they could make the Big Ten championship in some way because, like, they just play good defense. Yeah. And it's just old school football. And yeah. The Big Ten West is a mess. And to think that Iowa's probably coming out of that instead of a team like Illinois, which somehow lost its opener to Indiana, Indiana. Um, it, it's just tough. But, yeah, again, I think both programs have faced adversity, maybe in different ways, but I think it leads up to a great game. That's why the spread is only eight points, and that's why it's the first time this season that Ohio State's a single-digit favorite. Isn't it amazing that Iowa is, is going to maybe win the Big Ten West? I don't want to talk about it. Too. I mean, that's nuts. The Iowa team we saw here uh, a few weeks ago can win the Big Ten West. That's crazy. West is a mess. The West is a mess, but for now, we don't care because the, the game is finally here. Rivalry week is here. Ohio State, Michigan on the field in the horseshoe at noon on Saturday. College game day will be here. Big noon Saturday will be here. Letterman Rowe will be here. Tim May, the 40-year vet, he'll be in the press box here. Andy Backstrom, he'll be in the press box here. I'll be there. Uh, Matt Parker down on the field taking photos for the clash maybe of the century. Uh, this is a big one, folks. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stick with Letterman Rowe for full coverage of this week and the entire season of Ohio State football. If you want more coverage, $10 until next August. That is a heck of a deal. You get the Michigan game now. You get potentially Big Ten championship game, college football playoff, signing day, the whole summer of recruiting, spring practice, all through training camp. What a bargain. I, I can't say enough about that. Christmas is right around the corner. Come get your $10 gifts for people. Uh, the gift of Letterman Row. Uh, we're trying to provide as much content as we can in the build up to number two, Ohio State versus number three, Michigan. It's the game you have all been waiting for. I'm very excited to provide coverage for you all to be able to tell the stories of this game with these two right here and with Matt Parker. Again, that's Tim. That's Andy. Thanks for watching the Monday after Ohio State 43, Maryland 30. It's officially rivalry week. Uh, let's get into it.